I know God can do it. And you are so faithful and generous and, and supportive of the work of God. You're, you're invested in the kingdom of God, and God is honoring you for that, and he's honoring this great church, and we're thankful for what the Lord is doing. But as we enter into this new season, I just cannot think of a better person to have here ministering to us. We are thrilled, and we are delighted to have with us one of the great uh, preachers of the gospel that has ever come to the United Pentecostal Church. And uh, I was thinking today, I enjoyed so much fellowship with Brother Terry Shock last night. And I was thinking today, you know, uh, brother, uh, brother Billy Cole, God used Brother Billy Cole in the area of helping us understand faith. He really helped us to understand faith in the United Pentecostal Church. And Brother G.A. and Sister Vesta Mangan helped us to understand prayer and fasting and its role in evangelism. And Brother Bernard, Brother David Bernard, really crystallized our understanding of the oneness of God. Brother Terry Schock, in the very same way, God has used as an apostle for apostolic administration in the body of Christ. It's an area that, that we just didn't totally understand, but, but God has anointed this man of God to speak refreshingly honest to the body of Christ through the years. And he has ministered to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And uh, we're grateful that he is here today. Uh, he, of course, has been an integral part of the great uh, Pentecostals of Alexandria and Alexandria, Louisiana, a flagship church in the United Pentecostal Church. He's been an integral part of what the Lord has done there. And uh, now uh, he lives just not too far from Cincinnati. And we're so thankful that he has come to be with us today. And, and before he comes, I do want to say how glad we are to see Brother and Sister Enos back home. It's so good to see them back here today. God bless them. We love them. And so glad to see you back. Amen. And we're so thrilled that Brother Shock is here today to minister the word of the Lord. Could you receive him with a warm Cincinnati Tree of Life welcome as he comes? God bless you. Amen. Love you, sir. God Thank bless you. Can we just give God praise for all he has done? Thank you, Jesus. I am really the answer to the prayer of many of you that have been praying for good preaching to finally come to this sanctuary. You're, this place is struggling. And God sent me here to give you just a breath. You can just exhale today because somebody that knows how to preach is finally in this pulpit. I give honor to those two men, their, their families. I give honor to the Urshan family and to the Sizemore family. Give honor to them. When I tell you I'm happy to be here, I'm not kidding. I have preached and talked and hollered and screamed about kingdom-mindedness for years. I've said things like, we're all kingdom-minded, it's just a question of whose. And so now to see the merger, two, two kingdom-minded men. Wow. But then I can also name you a lot of a lot of preachers that are good and they've got the right mindset, but the people in the pews are killing them. So I'm here to say thank you, thank thank you, church, for being kingdom-minded, for for having a, a vision bigger than just your little thoughts. I've heard about this Cincinnati thing for, uh, for a few years, about how, you know, um, the three churches and you'd preach for each other and, and all that. And, I, and I've thought, and I've had conversations I, without even being here and being able to talk about it. I have referred because 
I believe that God can give dominion in areas. I also believe that, that one man can command, if we could use that word, because I was able to see firsthand the impact Bishop G.A. Mangan had in that whole region. So I understand that. But I also understand that we can get to a level of regional dominion if churches can work together in an area. And I think that this is, this is what I, am, I have walked into, and I have looked forward to this date. And, I've, and I feel that I am here in the will of God. And if this is the first time you've ever walked into this sanctuary, do not judge this church on a guest speaker. Don't, don't do that. But I am delighted to be here. John, the 18th. Uh, chapter and the 37th verse will be where we will read. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And so I want to share with you today, a king or my king? A king or my king? Can we ask God to give us personal revelation of his, of his word? Father, we're so thankful for your presence. We're thankful for everything that has already happened. And Father, we're just believing that as your word is preached, that personal revelation will happen. And that people's lives will be changed, and then that other people's lives will be changed because our lives are changed. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Can the church say amen? Amen. God bless you as you're seated. I believe that a most vital personal question is this title, A King or My King. We've entered into the Christmas season, and there's much about the Christmas season that I love. Uh, obviously, the reason for the season being Jesus Christ. And then to look at platforms and see lights, and Christmas just comes alive. I try to talk Melanie into never taking our Christmas tree down, but she usually does at, at some point in the year. I would put it up Labor Day, and I would take it down uh, June if, if that, that would, you know, would be the way I would do it, but that's, that's not the way that she would do it. I'm talking outside lights, wreaths, and all. Just, just leave it up. Be the weirdo in the, uh, in the neighborhood. But there's a lot about the Christmas story that has been distorted and cheapened. And I'm convinced that the basic approach to Christmas defines the view of Christ for many in the Christian world. Keep him in the manger and off the throne. Because babies are directed, but kings direct. Baby Jesus is vulnerable, but King Jesus takes over. And so it's our fleshly desires or demands, really, we must understand that our fleshly desires and our fleshly demands mean nothing to King Jesus. Nothing. He is king. He is sovereign. He is the ruler of all, but... In his sovereignty, he gave man choice. I don't understand that, but he did. And the truth of the matter is a very powerful force in the world today is our will. Our will. He doesn't override it. And so the choice is, is he just a king or is he really my king? 
Unfortunately, the words king and kingdom are strange to those of us that have been raised in this democratic republic. Therefore, we must intentionally speak of the king and the kingdom. I, I personally don't think we're using those two words enough. I think we need to, at times, intentionally, instead of just say Jesus, say King Jesus. Uh, instead of always just talking about the local church, I think we need to talk about the kingdom. I believe that this terminology is, is very important, and we cannot allow king and kingdom to become outdated words. I know that the church is important. I know that the church is the object of his affection. I know that the church, he purchased it with his own blood. But I also know that the church had a birth date, and that the church has an exit date, but Psalm speaks of my kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And if we're not careful, we'll focus so much on Pentecost and we'll just get hung up there. And then a lot of people live just hung up in Pentecost, but then some people elevate to apostolic, which that's very good. But can we climb on up the ladder and, and get our mind where it really needs to be? And that is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. I believe that the church is the present-day bride of the king. And so when we first consider the king, after all Jesus said in the text, John 18, 37, Thou sayest that I am a king, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into this world. And we need to just get it in our mind that Jesus was born king. He's our sovereign. He is not Santa Claus. He is not a genie in a bottle. He is not our buddy. He is our king. He is our king. There are too many people that are bringing Jesus down lower than Jesus needs to be. Jesus is the king, period. He's the king, period. And I don't have time to get off on all of this, but a great revelation that the apostolic church needs is that God is not American. He, he's not all of this. He does not operate the way we want him to operate. Jesus Christ is the king, period. He's, he's the king. He's intent on being our Lord. He's intent on being our Savior. And there are many people that want him as Savior but not Lord. Save me but don't boss me. But the truth is, Jesus is the king, and the king is, and this is an old saying, he is either Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. I'm talking about, is he just a king? Do we just now, in this season, think about a king, or is he my king? The king must be elevated to the rightful place in our personal lives. He must be elevated above all other humans or influences. We simply cannot allow any human in the king zone. We can't allow any human in the king zone. Well, you don't know my grandmother. My grandmother was right up there with Jesus. I've heard things like this. Well, you don't know about so-and-so or so-and-so or this great person or this great man of God or this great missionary or this great pastor of the past or this great one. They're right up there with Jesus. There is no one up there with Jesus. There are no humans up there with Jesus. We got to get this right. It's we don't even need close seconds. 
If you want to talk about powerful influences in our lives, I'll, I'll talk to you about them. My father died at 42 years old. But do you know before he died at 42, he, was, he, he won so many people to the Lord teaching Bible studies, he died of complications from a kidney transplant. He was on a kidney machine for several years. He, he had one hand plugged up, and they were filtering the blood, and the other hand, he was flipping a search for truth chart to other people in the dialysis ward. He was crawling through the floor, uh, on the floor one day because he was cramping so bad, he didn't know that I was in, in, uh, in the house and so I see him, I help get him up into the bed, and then somebody calls needing prayer in the hospital, and my dad said, if you'll drive me, I can rub the cramps out of my legs to be able to walk into the hospital. I'm 17 years old. I drive my dad to the hospital. He, rub, he rubs the cramps all the way to the hospital, walks in, prays in faith that God will heal those people, we walk out, and he knows I'm having a major problem with this. And he stopped in that hospital hallway, and he said, Terry, you listen to me. God is a healer, and if he never heals me, he's still a healer. That's what I'm talking about. That's how I was raised. I'll talk to you about my dad, Jack Shock. I'll talk to you about my senior pastor, James Lumpkin Sr., who, in my opinion, was bigger than life. It's the man he laid hands on me, and God confirmed my call to preach. Don't have time to talk about that. I could talk about Bill Patrick, who was my, my Christian school uh, principal that literally changed the entire trajectory of my life. You want to talk about great people? I'll match your great people. But when it comes to Jesus Christ, Jack Shock has got to move out of the way. James Lumpkin Sr. has got to move out of the way. And Bill Patrick has to move out of the way. Why? Because there's no human in the king zone. None. None. If this man fell, God forbid. If this man fell, God forbid. Do you know who would be disappointed and move on or who would be devastated and would lose out with God? The people that would be devastated and lose out with God would be people that have humans in the king zone. But the people that would be devastated but would keep their mind on Jesus Christ and would keep their view where their view is supposed to be, they would be highly disappointed, but they would not be devastated because there is no one like King Jesus. No one. And so the question is, is he just a king? Or is he my king? When we consider the kingdom, the kingdom is the domain of the king. It's where the laws of the kingdom are taught and lived out. The kingdom goes far beyond church property. King Jesus manifested the power and authority of the kingdom. He offers this power and authority to those who will truly follow him. And if we ever understand the power and authority of the kingdom, then we'll understand the potential of the church. If we ever grasp the concept of authority and dominion, we'll see greater works here in this colony of heaven. A colony is an extended territory of a kingdom operating by the culture of the kingdom. The principle of colonization is one culture is being replaced by another king's culture. They call this conversion. Colonization succeeds when the people of the territory think and speak and act exactly like those in the kingdom. We know that colonization has succeeded 
when we go to the colony and realize we're in the kingdom. And so God created the earth to be his extended territory. When Jesus becomes King Jesus in our life, then the proof is in our thinking. The proof is in our speaking and action. This begins at new birth, when we are born again of water and spirit, and we are buried and cleansed in the king's name. And then we are empowered to speak the king's language. It's time for us to quit fighting people over salvation issues based on our particular denomination. It's time for us to elevate to this level. It's the king and it's the kingdom. And the king said that you are born into my kingdom by water and by spirit. And so we must be baptized in the name of the king to enter into, to be born into the kingdom. This is not a Pentecostal thing. The Pentecostals don't own this. If you're here today and you've never been baptized, where the baptizer said, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the king, we are ready for you today to be baptized. And when you get baptized, we won't be saying, well, praise God, we have a new member of the tree of life. It's not about church membership. It's about being born into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. We're not just trying to make you, oh, please be a member of Tree of Life. Please be a member of Tree of Life. Do we want you to be? Absolutely we want you to be. But do you think that's our focus? Just to put one more name on our role? That is not why we have the mindset to merge. That is not why we have the mindset to bring churches together in Cincinnati. That is not the reason. The reason why we want you to go down in the king's name and we want you to be empowered with the king's language is because you enter into the colonization. It's called conversion and you're born into the kingdom of God into the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. And then we move into productive kingdom citizenship. That's, that's the goal. That's intentionally changing our life principles for his kingdom principles. And one key kingdom principle that we need to understand is, is interdependence. But to understand interdependence, we must start with dependence and independence. Because being dependent on humans is not the answer. The new birth is not meant to keep us kingdom babies forever. Being independent of humans is also not the answer. And we realize that the enemy's goal is not just independence, but isolation. And isolation works on us inwardly and outwardly. Inwardly, it's nobody understands what I face. Nobody understands what I'm going through. No, nobody gets me. And then outwardly, some pull away from the local church body. And this is the reason why I say that kingdom dependence or kingdom independence is not the answer, but kingdom interdependence is the answer. It's being connected to the body. It's giving to the body and receiving from the body. It's just like what my hand does and your hand does. It's just like what your heart does and my heart does. It's, it's a part of this. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. We are the body of Christ 
in the earth today to, to do what he's called us to do. King Jesus is our head. All members matter. All members are to give. All members are to receive. And this is exactly how the body of Christ works for the expansion of the kingdom. We see this in Matthew 22, 35 through 40. Inner beliefs are proven by outward action. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's back up a little bit. He only asked for the top one. He didn't come and ask Jesus, Jesus, what are the big two? Uh, Jesus, give me one and give me two. Jesus wouldn't stop with one because there's no way we can prove one without two. And we literally prove how we love King Jesus by how we love people. I prove my service to King Jesus by my service to how I serve people. I prove my submission to King Jesus by how I submit to those that are over me. The kingdom is about interdependence. We need you and you need us. I need him. He needs me. You guys need each other, so do your best to get along and don't tick each other off because that's not good. But that doesn't work just for the young guys. That works for the middle age too, and that works for the elders too because we need each other. It's that spirit of control that fights interdependence. In King Herod's effort to remain in control, he willingly and ruthlessly murdered children age two and under. The spirit of control is deadly. What is the answer to the spirit of control? Now, I'm happy to be preaching this point right now and feel like that I am preaching to the choir because I don't think I'm in a place right now where there's really any major move that's got control on this thing because when you got that, you don't have churches merging. But don't ever let it happen. Don't ever let it get in here. Never. You're unified right now. Just seek to be more unified. It's forward. What's the answer to control? And we fight it in our individual lives. And that answer is surrender. Surrender. There are people that are hearing me preach today that you are just surrender away from a new life. You're one decision away from a total new life. You have prayed. You have cried. You have thought. You've pulled back. You're in your own mind. You're having conversations with a bunch of you in your own head. And the answer is surrender. The answer is not solutions right now. It's surrender first, and then solutions come. It's surrender to that king. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. The question today is not, do you think Jesus was a king? That's not the question. The question is, is he my king? Am I his subject? Am I submitted to him? Is my mission under his mission? James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hey, I've been apostolic all my life. I can't tell you all of the scenes I've seen inside of buildings. At POA, they called me the worship buster. 
because I was the one that had to handle the people when they just totally went freak crazy, you know, and disrupted things in church. I, I, was, I was the worship buster. I could give you some major stories. I have seen some mess in my lifetime, I promise you, inside the church. I have seen people stand in altars and at fevered pitch cry out in the name of Jesus, and I have seen their lives not changed. Do you know why? Because the enemy of our soul is the number one quizzer ever. You want to talk Bible quizzing? Let me tell you who's got it down. Satan. Oh, he's got it. You can believe he knows the word. And if you think for one second that he is afraid in an altar when somebody is just yelling and screaming, I resist you in the name of Jesus when he knows they're not submitted. He can stand on the word and stay right in their face. Because the Bible does not just say, resist the devil in the name of Jesus and he will flee. No, no, that's not what he says. He says, submit yourself to God. And then in the submission to God, there is power at that point to say, yes, you will flee from me. Yes, I will say in the name of Jesus, and you will flee because I am submitted to God. That's the reason why I'm preaching today. Hey, is he just a king? Or is he my king? Is he just a good story? Now we're, we're back to December, the month of Jesus. Is it, is it just a good story? Is, is it a neat play or is it is it confined to a manger just cuddly little Jesus I'll move him around here I'll move him around here are we ever going to let him on the throne because there's a world of difference in the manger and the throne it looked like a manger but he was born king Now we bring it down to where we live. This must be answered individually. Follow me and I will make you. They had an answer that they had to give. It's not about hedging bets in this thing, brothers and sisters, hedging bets. Well, I'm going to bet a little bit on this side, and then I'm going to bet a little bit on this side. And maybe, No, no, it's not about hedging bets. That rich young ruler, he came, he, he was a good quizzer. He, he was a good guy. He, he, knew, he knew it all. He, he had it all down. Jesus said, well, you need to do this. Done it. Well, how about this? Done it. Well, how about this? Done it. Everything Jesus said to him, he, he had an answer. Done it. And then, and then Jesus looked at him and said, well, basically, though, now we got one more thing we got to deal with. You're loaded and and what you've got can help a lot of people. And, and he walked away. There were other people that, that they were invited to great dinners. But, but one had a new field. And one had bought some oxen. Another had married a wife. And so we look at what comes up out of the pages of Scripture. Be careful with business and be careful with relationships. Because they can cause us to allow that to be on the throne and not the king. And our business can dethrone the king. And our relationships can dethrone the king. Then the man, his, his business was, can we say, blessed? I mean, it was so blessed. What am I going to do? I, I don't even have room to contain. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll tear down these barns, and I'll, I'll build bigger barns. And, and I will say to myself, 
take thine ease. You, 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 have, you have much goods. Take thine ease. And the Lord said, Thou what? Yeah, thou fool. When? This night. What, what were the diseases of the soul? This night thy soul will be required of thee. What were the diseases? Excess and ease. Excess and ease. And here we are in America. And what's, what are we just trying to get? More, just more. We've, we've, we've got to get to where we don't have to do anything. We've, we, we've got to get to where we've got so much we don't even have to worry. It's excess. It's ease. It's business. It's relationships. Off the throne, Jesus. Business is now on the throne. Off the throne, Jesus. My relationships are on the throne. Off the throne, Jesus, it's about ease. Off the throne, Jesus, it's about excess. I can tell you something about America. We don't, we don't want it fair. We want more. That's what we are after. And I'm coming today, and I'm saying, listen, we've got to answer this question right. Is he just a king? Or is he... My king. This has to be answered individually, and it also has to be answered as a church body. It happened to me this morning at 3.38. Wide awake. And the Lord spoke to me clearly from 3.38, and when he quit speaking to me, I looked at my digital clock and it was 4.38. And here is what he told me this morning to tell this church. Man was never intended to be able to build a physical structure to contain what God intends to do. Noah's Ark, man saw a structure to protect eight people and animals. But God saw billions of each. Moses and the tent of meeting and the cloud. That tent could not contain the cloud. The tabernacle and its outer and inner courts and the holy of holies. But the tabernacle could not contain the cloud. Solomon built the most magnificent dwelling, but the glory and wisdom imparted far outdistance the man-made structure. A tree held the king, but could not contain him. The king was laid in a man-made structure called a tomb, but the man-made structure could not hold him. They met in an upper room. It was a structure made by man, but, but 3,000 didn't fit in that room, and neither did the king's purpose. Man-made structures are never intended to be the lid on the king. Mark 16 and 20. And they went forth. Now I go out of the King James Version into what the Lord was speaking to me last night about this church. And they went forth and built church structures and strive to fill them at least 80% full one time on Sunday, allowing a weekly 10 to 15 minute window for salvation, deliverance, and healing, enjoying a certain percentage new construction bump in attendance with a goal of growing 10% a year. 
not hardly. That thinking was hatched in hell and has been adopted wide scale. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. They went forth and preached everywhere. The king working with them and confirming the word with signs following. The word God told me to come and share with you today is real simple, and I'm done. A king or my king? A king or my king? Stories about the king that we enjoy coming and talking about weekly, and then goodbye, king, I'll see you next Sunday. Is it a king or is it my king? I promise you this, if you make the decision today that it's not just going to be stories about a king, but it's going to be my king. I'm getting that king on the throne of my life. I'm bowing in submission to that king. I'm getting humans out of the king's zone. I'm going to get into the king's constitution, and I'm going to live by the government of the kingdom. I'm going to live by the constitution of the kingdom. If it's in the king's word, then it really doesn't matter. Well, what do you think about abortion? It doesn't matter what I think about abortion. The king's word says... Well, what do you think about homosexuality? It doesn't matter what I think about homosexuality. The king's word says. Well, what do you think about fornication? It doesn't matter what I think about fornication. The king's word says. Well, what do you think about adultery? It doesn't matter what I think about adultery. Why don't you just throw your topic, whatever you're fighting with in your life, whatever you're dealing with in your life, it's time to look in the mirror and say, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what's been in my head. My head is what is keeping me down. My thinking is what is keeping me down. It's not what I think. It's what the king's word says. It's what the king's word says. And as we stand together right now, I would like for us, if you're comfortable with this, I'd like for you to close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven and pray one specific prayer right now that anyone who has not submitted their life to the king, anyone that has not been baptized in the king's name, anyone that has not been filled with the king's spirit to speak that language that is in this building right now, that their fears would be alleviated and that they would make a step of faith today. Can we pray that as a church? Can we pray that right now? For those that have never submitted themselves to the king. Father, let it be today. Let it be today. Father, I pray right now that you will speak to them. I pray that they will place their family members who have already passed on that did not see it this way, that they would place them in your hands and that they will walk in the revelation that you're showing them. I'm not going to ask you to walk out by yourself because that would be a big ask. But you can sure come forward with this next group. Is there anybody here today that you want to make sure that he's enthroned? 
is, is there anybody here today that, that you need to renew your submission to the king? Is there anybody here today that wants to step into a greater dimension of what God is obviously wanting to do in this region? Is there anybody that would like to just step to the front right now and say, you're not just a king, you're my king. You are my king. You are my king. You're my king. I want to speak to somebody right now who wants to move, but something is holding you back from moving. I'm going to say this, then we're going to sing and worship and allow the Spirit to confirm the Word. Don't try to make changes under your own power. If you could make kingly changes under your own power, you would have already made them. But you can walk to the front and you can say, King, would you empower me? Would you help me? This is not about doing it under your own power. This, this is not, it's impossible. Don't fall for that lie. My king only needs your step. My king only needs your willingness. That's all the king needs. And then the king will empower you and walk with you. Can we turn this sanctuary into a prayer room right now? Seeking. Talk to him. Let, let, let the Spirit, let the Spirit guide. I've come up against this multiple times. Come on, one more. One more. It's, it's not enough that he's a king. You let him know today you're my king. You're my king. It's your word. It's not my word. Somebody needs to pour their heart out to God right now. His Spirit is here to do that work in your life.
is in this place. The Lord has stepped down into this room. He's called his children to attention. We have heard his voice. He said, my sheep, my people, those that are of the truth, they hear my voice. They know who I am. How many know who he is today? As you're praying, just keep pressing on in all across this room with uplifted hands and uplifted hearts. We're submitting ourselves to him, to the king, to his kingdom. Hallelujah. Come on, uplifted hands, uplifted hearts, uplifted voices. Hallelujah. Come on, say the words. Say the words, Lord, I submit to you. I submit to your Get caught up in it, get swept up in the wind of his refreshment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, get caught up in it, right? 